bad day. <laughs> hey. You like? Yeah, you look like you're gonna kick some ass. <laughs> yeah, that's what I told them. I said, I wanna look strong. You look strong as hell. Hey, guys, can I talk to Bo alone for a minute? What are you doing? I want you to make me a promise. Okay. Don't sleep with anybody else on this tour. I'm serious. You know how's that fair? You sleep with James every no, night. No, I don't sleep with him like that. We don't even kiss with our mouths open anymore. All right. You're mine. Okay, everybody, come on back in. I just had to give Bo a little pep talk. Life's the same, you're shaking like tremolo. Life's the same, it's all inside you. This week on the Pool Scene Podcast, we go polar opposite of heavy metal after the last three weeks. Yes, I'm calling Power Rangers heavy metal. Oh, oh, oh it dude. shreds. Yeah, Ron Wasserman, It's man. literally heavy metal. They're metal zords. Yeah, they are. I'm Kevin. On tour with me is my talented co-host, Jim. Oh, hey now. If any of you pool sceners have been paying attention, it's been an unofficial music season. All music-driven or music-adjacent movies. Non-declared. I'm not sure if we'll continue with the music movies, which is why I mention it now, because I'm not sure if we're going to do any more. Thus far, it's been all music movies. For now, we continue the theme in the world of pop country music with a movie that convinced me it would have won Best Picture had it been released about 70 years earlier. (laughs) This week's movie has all the twists and turns that would have shocked a 1940s audience, and that movie is Country Strong. This shocked me, and it was a 2010s audience. A weird little romantic drama tucked into 2010, directed by Shauna Festa. Since we probably will never cover another Shauna Festa movie, her filmography is only five films, including Country Strong. Also having directed The Greatest, Endless Love, which I imagine was a remake. Not big. Based on the Lionel Richie song. Boundaries and Run, Sweetheart, Run. Those fucking last two movies could have intertwined somewhere into this mess of a movie. Interestingly, Festa wrote the screenplay for Country Strong while working as a nanny for Tobey Maguire, which is actually how and why he appears as a producer, because he read the script and he agreed to do so. He should have been in it. He should have been Childs. <laughs> that would have made a hell of a movie. He should have been J.J. <laughs> So you could have got some of that uh, candle vagina. Oh, God. Uh, Originally, Country Strong was titled Love Don't Let Me Drown and was supposed to star all real country music stars. And then when it was shipped to theaters, the film prints were titled Keeping Pace. (laughs) 
<laughs> Keeping pace makes no sense at all. Keeping pace with what? I can only imagine that there were songs written for the movie called Love Don't Let Me Drown and Keeping Pace. So in my opinion, a bunch of like songwriters probably submitted songs to the movie. I think I would have been better with either one of those two because there's nothing country strong. There is no country nor strongness in this movie. No. And to me, Keeping Pace sounds like an 80s high school swimming or like a cycling movie. Yeah. Like 80s cycling movie Keeping Pace. Or it's the offshoot next single for St. Elmo's Fire, Man in Motion. There you go. (laughs) Earlier, I said this movie would have won Best Picture if released in the 40s. My timeline's a little off because Roger Ebert's review was literally titled One of the Best Movies of 1957. And he, he meant it earnestly as a compliment. Ebert said, quote, country strong is a throwback, a pure heartfelt exercise in 50s social melodrama using such stock elements as a depressed heroine, her manipulating husband, an ambivalent other man, and tapping her toe impatiently in the wings, young Eve Harrington eager to swoop in and gnaw the heroine's courage from her bones. But was Loretta Lynn fucking the tour promoter? I don't think so. Maybe. Jim, with positive praise from the GOAT movie critic, please let us know how Country Strong performed. Give us budget box office along with news and number ones at time of release. From WUAB Channel 43, where the news comes first, this is the 10 o'clock news. Country Strong came out December the 2nd, 2010 to a whopping $15 million budget and it made an immense, a crazy a country strong size, $20 million at the box office. So it ended up eating a bit of shit. So I'm convinced that Gwyneth Paltrow was unable to fund the majority of her vaginal candle empire. I'm thinking that's most of the budget, probably. It has to be. What else could it be? I get the feeling they shot all of the concert footage at the same arena. Yeah. In different rooms and from different like angles. They just moved the hard cam. But I'm pretty sure like this whole movie was like shot in a car on the road in, you know, one arena. A bit of a bus. Yeah. A bit of a bus in a bar. I'll bring this up more in logic, but I find it amazing that she is a Grammy award winning country music superstar plays Packard music hall size arenas. I don't understand the disconnect well that's that actually that's a very good point because for as popular as they lead us to believe she is she should be playing basketball arenas i'm not saying when she's in dallas she's gonna play cowboy stadium no but, but she's american should, airlines yeah, arena yeah good point yeah not just a little small hunky dunk arena or honky tonk if you will one thing that wasn't honky tonk was the top holiday toy of 2010 kevin this was 13 years ago i don't remember this do you remember paper jams yeah you do yes here's a little for you guys out there who are unfamiliar like cardboard guitars yeah there's an easier way to be a rock star paper jams the new stringless guitar flat out rocks you control the jams with the touch of your hand play real chords real songs real easy everything you need to rock on your own or jam with a band even unleash your instant rock star with the paper jams and paper jams rock for real guitars drum kits and amps each sold separately batteries not included
How is it that I don't remember that? I mean, I think they got to the point where they were hot for a moment and then were like instantly like Dollar General fodder. Well, they said it retailed between 20 and $25. I did not know that. So I was like, wow. I knew okay. that they were like instruments. Like to me, they were like musical instruments, but like made out of cardboard. Yeah, like, like bullshit. Yeah, like made out of bullshit. <laughs> and see, I was I was premature in saying that premature. we weren't going to talk heavy metal because man, that commercial brought the metal. Fucking shreds, bro. Now, I don't think there was a country paper jams equivalent. And if there was, the Z would be an S. Yeah. Just saying, because Z, it's cool. Kevin, we haven't done this in a while. We're doing a country music. No movie. Oh, please. What is going on with one old good boy, Alan Jackson? People started looking at me different, put me up on this pedestal like I was some kind of saint or something, you know. And I was like, man, I'm just a singer, simple song. We have not talked about Alan in a couple years. I love Big Al. Big Al is amazing. And Big Al had a great 2010. He won a Grammy Award for his powerful, Kevin says powerful here, exclamation point. Where were you, parentheses, when the world stopped turning, end parentheses. 2010? 2010. And last night, the recent number one smash, the number one smash, as she walks away, garnered a Grammy nomination for best country collaboration with vocals for the Zac Brown Band and Alan Jackson. Both of these songs together with Jackson's new single, Ring of Fire are part of his just released 34 number ones collection. Alan Jackson had 34 number ones. Big Al. More or less than Kelly Canner. Oh, dude, has to be way more. I think Kelly Canner had one, so, and I think it was Country Strong. So he released that the 9-11 song, parentheses, yeah. the Pina Colada song. <laughs> he released that in 2001, in November 2001. Yeah. So did it get re-released as part of the box set? And yeah, they're like, too. we're going to like posthumous get like he's not dead but like yeah. we're gonna posthumously give the song a grammy well wasn't there a candle in the wind and then when princess yes. died and there was candle in the wind 1997 and then 5,000 candles in the wind that's right oh, little, little sebastian. sebastian speaking of records kevin the record price for a printed book when a first edition of the birds of america by john james audubon were the birds of america whoa <laughs> Auctioned at Sotheby's London, England for seven million three hundred twenty-one thousand two hundred and fifty pounds. How much did Sotheby's get? I don't know. For the longest time, I thought they misspelled Sotheby's. I thought it meant to be Southabies. Southbys. Southbys. Hey, Kevin. You know there's that fucking asshole out there called Elon Musk. Well, before he became terminal asshole. Fuck you. Asshole. The second launch of the SpaceX Dragon became the first privately held company to successfully launch orbit and recover a spacecraft. Remember when he focused on one thing and then he's like, I'm just going to fuck with everything else. Guess what? We're going to remove all your blue check marks. You got to pay eight bucks a month for it now. I hate it. Guess what? Kevin and I were OG Twitterers. We don't need a blue check mark. All right. We know who we are. People follow us. You know the drill. We are who we are. The youth of a nation. <laughs> Only us can incorporate POD in with a country music podcast. Kevin, another big news event happened thanks to President Obama. The repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, a 17-year-old policy banning homosexuals serving openly in the U.S. military was signed into law in December of 2010. And another huge, absolutely huge event happened. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know who else loves Christmas? George, what up? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael, and welcome to The Sports Machine. One huge sports event happened in December of 2010. Cam Newton from Auburn wins the 76 Heisman Memorial Trophy, and Cam Newton still thinks he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think those times have come and gone. I don't know that he can be a starter, but I do know there's like random quarterback names that are like still getting roster spots like Blaine Gabbert and yeah. stuff, and you're like Gardner Minshew. Yeah, but eh, Gardner's all right. But like you, these guys will get like a roster spot and you're like, well, how is that guy any, yeah. you know, but I think Cam, fair or not, is there's a circus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Part of it's like you bring Cam in, you're going to have a little bit of a circus. I will tell you though, watching him at Auburn. Yeah. Absolutely special. Yep. During that Iron Bowl game where somehow he's making that run towards the end zone. And he finds like the fifth and sixth gear and he just turns the speedometer up to yep. seven. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I think injuries, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, when you, the dude never evaded tackles. So what the hell are you going to do? I don't care how big you are. It's going to add up. One thing that was big and added up, the number one movie in America, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, which is kind of like Country Strong. Yeah, a lot. It's a uh, lot like, like Harry saying he had an alcohol problem. Who was the fat guy? What was his Hagrid? name? Hagrid. That was his name. They were best friends. I was like, friends. in Country Strong? Or in- <laughs> Tim McGraw was in Harry Potter. Oh. He didn't sing either, which, oh, unbelievable. When HBO relaunches the, the Harry Potter series, I do hope Tim McGraw gets cast. Dude, as Harry Potter? No, not as Harry oh, Potter. Oh, why not? But like, as maybe, like, maybe he can be... Um, can a country music version of Harry Potter exist in this day and age? Please, come on. Dude, we country need... Country music Harry Potter. Dude, we need to cast a country music Harry Potter. As we're doing i'm harry potter hermione should be fucking dolly parton there you go why not the number one song excellent beyond amazing rihanna only girl parentheses in the world want you to make me feel like i'm the only girl in the world like i'm the only one that you'll ever love like i'm the only one who knows your heart only girl in the world i remember that from Grand Theft Auto 5. I love how I would say, remember from Grand Theft Auto 5. The game's been out for 10 years now yeah. and it's gone over three different video game consoles. Kevin knew one this week and it is logical for this. The number one digital song was Forget You from the Glee cast featuring Gwyneth Paltrow. Wow, really? Literally, December of 2010, she had the number one digital downloaded song. Wow. That is fucking crazy. Yeah. Hey, Gwyneth, good for you, Pepper Potts. But that's all that was going on this time in your country strong world. Back to you, Kevin. Tagline for country strong. It doesn't matter where you've been as long as you come back strong. I liked that tagline better when it was, I get knocked down but I get up again. You're never, never going to keep, keep me down, down pissing the night away. And they should have just called it doesn't matter dot 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 because that's what this movie is. It doesn't fucking matter what you do. I tell you, it just doesn't matter. 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 In Rockstar a few weeks ago, we had a singer falling down steps on stage. In this one, we have a pivotal plot point stemming from a singer falling off of a stage. So let's fall off stage into the plot. Our movie opens with a singer 
and his band at a honky-tonk with some people dancing and having a good time. The singer on stage is Bo Hutton. By day, Bo has a job at a rehab facility where he is infatuated with a country singer going through treatment for alcoholism. The stage was wet. Oh, no, the stage you... was wet, right? I'm looking. That's when time is changing. That's not ethical at all. Not whatsoever. No. Her name is Kelly Cantor, and he even gets a warning. Like his boss, he shows up to work. He's changing in his car. Got a cigarette. He's got a cigarette. He's changing his car. He comes into work. He's dressed like the guilty remnant. He comes into work. <laughs> he does. And he's smoking. We are all living reminders. And his boss is like, And Bo, I don't want to see you anywhere near Mrs. Cantor's room. Hard cut. Yeah. In Kelly's room. How many times has he been caught? Probably with his pants down. Yes. In her fucking room. Yes. Fuck uh, this guy. Yeah. He, he. So hard cut. I'm upset. Pants undone. Open shirt. So Kelly and Bo are in Kelly's room and they're working on songs together. I love you, Kelly. When Kelly's husband, James, shows up and he pulls her out of rehab a month early so she can get back on the road touring. They're letting me out early. Well, you still got another month left. I think I'm better. Better than what? I was going to tell you, I was, I was just thinking, how am I going to tell you? Bo, are you Kelly's doctor? Because the last I checked, Dr. Stevens was taking care of her. No, he's just, he's just being protective, aren't you, Bo? He's just being a good sponsor. Why don't you let me be the protective one, all right, Hoss? He thinks she needs to restore her image. Kelly is like a megastar. I can't think of like a... Maybe? A, a fair comparison, but like lots of Grammys, number one songs, like we're told that. Yeah. Kelly... Leanne rhymes without an alcohol problem. I think Leanne Rhymes did struggle with some substance abuse. She's Leanne Rhymes. So then. she's Leanne Rhymes. I uh, fell into that one. Kelly wants Bo to tour with her, but James who is also Kelly's manager says a beauty queen turned singer named Chiles Stanton. What? Will be touring with Kelly. Chiles. Chiles. Like really? Chiles. It, it looks like Chili's. Chili's. Chili Stanton. Chili Stanton. I want that uh, $9 that comes with the appetizer and a drink. Chili's Triple Dipper lets you build three appetizers into the perfect dinner combo. Choose from 10 favorites like our new honey chipotle shrimp and Memphis barbecue skins. Chili's Triple Dipper. Chili's baby back ribs. Barbecue sauce. Childs <laughs> is a country Barbie, as Bo calls her, and a total disaster, really. So after seeing both Bo and Childs perform at a club, and I use that loosely because Childs really doesn't perform at first. Bo destroys her. Bo destroys her. And then uh, he destroys something else on her later. James agrees to bring Bo on tour along with Childs and Kelly. So weird. The first show on tour is a disaster. No. The pre-show is going well until Kelly opens a gift that turns out to be a bloody baby doll with a note reading baby killer. Yeah. We don't find this out until like an hour later into the movie, but at Kelly's last concert, which was in Dallas, I think it was five months ago or yeah. something. Kelly was drunk. So over two times the legal limit while five months pregnant and she falls off stage leading to a miscarriage. So the baby doll causes Kelly to spiral. But James like forces her on stage anywhere. And he's like, sing, sing, damn it. Instead of singing, she rambles to the crowd until the curtains are dropped. She's pulled off stage. I was just in my 
dressing room and I was looking out the window and I was looking up at the big bright sky and there's so many stars and I thought man it looks like they would take such good care of you the best acting in this movie was the crowd during that scene yes because they're excited and they, all of a sudden they're like what the is she yeah, she keeps stopping the song and yeah. like interrupting. You mind if I sit down? <laughs> At the press conference before the next show, they blame the whole thing on food poisoning. Yeah, because that happens to me when I've had sushi. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, Bo and Kelly end their affair, and Bo starts spending more time with Childs. They even write a duet together. You write all your own lyrics? <laughs> What's this, 20 questions? How come you haven't got the course wrote down yet? I haven't come up with it yet. Write it for you. This ain't mad lives, Charles. You can't just fill in a blank with a noun America loves. Well, I could write good lyrics if I wanted to. Maybe I just haven't been inspired by anyone yet. You ever think about that? I don't need to be singing about my achy, breaky heart. Give in to me. That's what it's called. I like that title. Good, but don't mess it up. Kelly just wants her husband to love her again. Bo admits his affair with Kelly to James, which, like, duh. But James punches him. Well, then let's just stop her right now before it gets any worse. Just no, no. turn the bus around and put her back in rehab. Might get better. She can get stronger. You and I both know she's not getting any better. You're just talking like her sponsor. You and I both know it's never a sponsor. Kelly doesn't go on at the second show, but then takes it upon herself to have the sex with the promoter in order to save the final show in Dallas. Get out of here, Bo. Get the hell out, kid. What the hell did you say? She's not your wife. Yeah, she ain't your deal. Get the hell out of here. Goddamn asshole. You feel tough now? Get dressed, Kelly. You're the only one that's good enough for me, no, is that I'm it? I'm a hell of a lot better than that asshole. You're no better than him at all. You think he gives a shit about you? You think you give a shit about me? Knocking on my door every goddamn day. You gave a shit about me, you would have left me alone in the first place. Well, I'm here for you, and you're just too dumb to realize it. You just want what you can get. Give me the ball. Go. Give it to me. No, no. Give it to me! Give it! No need for that at all. She gave him that honky-tonk badonkadonk. <laughs> Missionary style. Well, she's like on top, and he's like, "Is that not missionary? No, that's cowgirl." Oh, which that's I guess right. is appropriate. Hey, there we go. In Dallas, Bo tells Childs he has a job offer to work on a farm in California, where he will play the local pub a couple nights a week. I'm leaving after the show, heading to California. What? Well, there's an opportunity for me out there. A friend of a friend's got a ranch on the beach, and needs somebody to help him out. Somebody like you. And you. About our music. Well, that's the best part. There's this bar right in the center of town that just lost its Saturday night lineup. And well, I know it's not a density tour or anything, but it's a bunch of hardworking people that like to listen to good music while they drink the beer. <laughs> I just figured maybe we could write during the day, see if we come up with anything. Enough to write an album. I already have enough songs to make an album. He invites Childs. Dumbest fucking thing. He is a country music superstar. I'm just going to fucking give it up and do a Saturday night set in a diner. We're going to talk about this later. 
Dude does not want to be famous. He doesn't he, at all. He wants, like, he is the true example of snatching defeat from the jaws of the victory. victory. He is. Like, the literal opposite. He has the world. Like, everybody wants your autograph. People are so impressed with you. You got, his magazine's calling you the next Towns Van Zandt, and you're like, I want to work on a farm in California. And he has two gorgeous women, one who's a six-time Grammy Award winner. And from what they tell us, they're not the only ones. He's not country strong, he knows Chiles. He knows Chiles because he was sleeping with her friend. Yeah, at the restaurant, Chili's. Yeah, exactly. So uh, before the concert, Kelly gives career advice to Childs. Which is a suicide note. Yes. Yeah, well, basically. He invites Childs. Childs is like, I got to think about it. Kelly finally goes on stage, performs, absolutely kills it. She's back. But after the show, she commits suicide via prescription drug overdose. God. She leaves a letter for Bo telling him to just be like Color Me Bad and do it all for love. <laughs> after the funeral, Bo's playing at the pub in California. Child shows up wearing the earrings that Bo bought her. I like to bring a friend on stage. Wonderful songwriter I met in Nashville. She just so happens to be here tonight. We welcome to stage Miss Child's stand. They sing a duet as the movie ends. Ugh. Let's move on to character. God damn it. God damn it! <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow is Kelly Canner. This character was based on the struggles of... Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Paltrow couldn't relate to the character, so she reached out to Robert Downey Jr. to help her understand. Hey, RDG, RDJ, it's the goop lady. It's the goop lady. Just calling you up because you're a real drunk, druggy degenerate. Got any tips? That's my Gwyneth Paltrow impression. Nice. She almost sound like fucking Travolta doing Vinny Barbarino. <laughs> hey, Miss Sakata. So, yeah, she called Robert Downey Jr. and was like, hey, I don't know how to be on trucks. Can you help me? Tim McGraw is James Canner. Tim McGraw, obviously most known for his collaboration with Nelly on Sweatsuit. The best. Because it's all in my head. A huge country star for decades who transitioned to acting, so he was kind of perfect for the movie, despite <laughs> not being a singer. Doesn't sing, doesn't contribute music to the soundtrack. He's a fucking waste. Actually, I think the credit song is him. Oh, is it him? Yeah. And the hair. I didn't even know he had hair like that. Was that a piece? I, I think it's either a piece or he had some uh, some surgically moved around parts. Him and Garrett Hedlund were father and son for six seasons on Friday Night Lights. So they're great friends. McGraw is actually the godfather of Garrett Hedlund's son. Interesting. Garrett Hedlund is Bo Hutton, auditioned at a karaoke bar in Koreatown singing a Pearl Jam song and then took singing and guitar lessons for the movie. I thought he pulled it off pretty well. He had to have done Jeremy because he has that register. Yeah, deep. he's pretty convincing to me. He's like really good. He's got the, the package and he obviously does because he uses it on several women. Yes. I tend to enjoy anytime Garrett Hedlund shows up in something. Leighton Meester is Child Stanton. In the movie, her character states her parents are in prison. In real life, Leighton Meester's parents were both really in prison. Relatable. For their connection to marijuana 
marijuana smuggling from Jamaica. Jesus. And Layton's pregnant mom was released from prison long enough for her to be born in a hospital before her mom returned to prison. Layton, actually known as a singer, probably most known for singing on Cobra Starship's Good Girls Go Bad. Good girls go. And she looks like Minka Kelly from Friday Night they Lights. They do. They, yeah, they acknowledge that, that they look very much alike. So, Jim, any actor or actress gives a past performance? Like, truly, fuck. there are only <laughs> nine credited actors or something yeah. here, and and none of them, like, none of the other ones, they're just, like, the band members, there's the uh, the stylist, there's Winnie. Yeah, so. I wish it was Winnie from the Wonder so Years. So, I guess, main actor or not, who do you think is the... Uh, okay, for me at Chili's, aka Childs. I think she's kind of endearing, but my dude Wesley Morris from the Boston Globe hit it right off the bat saying she was the best part of the film and he quotes by saying she's just doing Reese Witherspoon's June Carter Cash and Walk the Line with dabs of Miley Cyrus and Kelly Pickler. Spot fair, on. Fair. Like, she's really cute, wholesome. You kind of feel bad for her when both shits on her in the beginning. Like, not literally, figuratively. It might have been in a fucking, like on a cutting room floor, you might shit on her she somehow flips the switch and you add a lot of liquor into her and then they have that scene in a hotel room where Bo weirdly enough says hey i want to see you uh, what do you look like in a bikini yeah because she's so excited that miss america's on you know i think we should have a swimsuit competition i don't have a swimsuit well you're wearing bra and panties aren't you yeah yeah it's the same thing i'm doing it here we go. You versus me. Bo, what are you doing? Don't be a chicken shit about this, child. <laughs> I've seen plenty of ladies in their swimsuits before. <laughs> I'm getting in mind just so we're even. Somehow convinces her to just get down her. Hey, if you just get down to your bra and underwear, it's like a swimsuit. You're making him sound like Sam Elliott. <laughs> Could you imagine if this was fucking Sam Elliott? Yeah, I can. It'd be pretty Sam sweet. Elliott now. Oh, God, even better. That's sleeping, even weirder. Sleeping with Childs. <laughs> he's begging Childs and he's sleeping with Kelly. And meanwhile, James is like, I'm Bo Hutton. I'm 84 years old. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> Not the Nickelodeon show. No. Yeah, Fuck Childs. Danny from Hey, dude. I uh, never trusted him. Mine's, uh, Garrett Headland is Bo Hutton. I think he's the most uh, convincing and believable. Drives a pickup truck, Kevin. Drives a pickup truck. He does. He he just, he lives, breathes. Country. And sleeps country. Kevin, he's country strong. He's country strong. Like his loins. Uh, let's move on to best scenes and find out which scenes made a splash. I will go first and I will say the first time we meet Kelly Canner in rehab and she helps Bo rewrite the song he's playing. For. Yeah. I like that song. What did you say when you start? I remember that day. I remember that day when I, when what? When we first met. I remember that day when our eyes first met. You ran, you, you can't, you ran into the building to get out of the rain because you were soaking wet. 
which is like so funny because like I would say it's believable, but like Bo's like singing the first couple lines and she just instantly Got rewrites the lyrics yeah. and she's like, what was that line again? And then she plays it and then sings it back to him and it's like 10 times better. It comes so easy to her, but then it's interrupted by her husband pulling her out of rehab a month early to get her back on the road touring. Here's the thing. So this is her, I believe they say in the movie, her second stint in rehab. I think they said second stint. How long is this stint in rehab that he pulls her out a month early? Cause I thought rehab normally, if it's court ordered, it's at least 30 days. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll get into this later, but yeah. I, I do think that you may be able to put charges on James for like manslaughter or something. Like, are you allowed to just pull her a month early? Yeah. Like there's gotta, there's no way a doctor's note is not going to, this is not 12th period science class. Well, this scene also has, I know something you really liked, which is the bird. That fuck, listen folks, that fucking bird. So she finds abandoned bird, abandoned bird, little baby bird. Yeah. And she puts it in a box. She calls it Loretta Lynn. Yeah. And he, he takes it off of her for a while to help it heal. They keep it throughout the entire movie. Oh, damn it. Everything going on. He pulls this bird out of his ass. Yeah, I'm pretty, he, literally, uh, <laughs> Richard Gere as uh, James. I mean, obviously they're going for some heavy handed symbolism yeah. here with the nursing you know, it back nursing to life. It back to help. But like, it's a little too, that's too much Too the strokes are too strong. Hey, Kim, I got somebody out here who wants to see you. Okay. She's been asking for you all day. All right, the lamp. I'm busy, you know, today, and I thought you could take her back to the hotel with you. Take care of her. You're just trying to make me feel better. Well, I gotta run over to Stanley's this afternoon, and I can't take her with me. They, they won't allow it, you know, so it would help. So my first one is Bo just cannot stand Childs to save his life. He thinks that she's a joke. She's just a pretty face. She has no talent. So at the honky tonk, he sings his set. The crowd there goes fucking wild. And then she's up on stage. She's stumbling. She can't remember the words or the beat. And she is just failing miserably. It's like you're fucking up on rock band. You're trying on expert and you're, you're <laughs> done for. And then out of nowhere, Bo somehow feels compassion for her. Starts singing friend in low places. He says like, Oh, God. Sorry. So sorry. Blame it all on my roots. Showed up in boots. Room black tie there. Last one. Last one. So I was the last one to talk to there. Well, I saw the surprise. Here in his eyes. I took his glass of champagne I took some juice and honey and made it through But you'll never hear me complain First off, he is able to project yes. walking up to the stage, not even being on mic like he's on mic. Yeah. So he is country god and then he <laughs> saves her i wish that's what this is called country god. god oh my god it'd be fucking straight to this on the cover of this dvd looks like it was a straight yeah, to dvd it really does. Movie. it's bad but i like that they sing friend in low places and they come to some understanding where i think this was the seed that was planted for childs to start falling for Bo. i think Bo kind of has like a thing for her the whole time but like to his riz his game is just his like, rig his his rig his game the whole time is just like he's a simpleton like, huh? I 
I, yeah, I'm a little mean to you because you like it. You know, he makes fun of her for the flash. It's like a kindergarten thing yes. where it's like, I push you, you push me, yeah. we swimmy, swimmy. Girl who used to call me the uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy. But then we watched the MTV Movie Awards together and what happened? Yep, yep. So, yeah, fuck Good man, fuck you. <laughs> when Bo and Childs finally hook up, like they had been teasing it and we had them drunk watching Miss America, which yeah. is so funny because she's just like, they're just like in the room drinking the mini bar or whatever and she's like, oh, Miss America's on. Just stops. It stops and then like- She fi- missed Texas or something like that or- So she lied. Oh, so she, okay. everybody thought she was Miss Texas so she said, would you like me less if I actually wasn't Miss Texas? She, I was Miss A&P. And she was like, I almost was. Um, <laughs> I was almost a lot of I things. I was almost <laughs> Mrs. Power Grid. I thought you were going to say Doubtfire. I was almost Mrs. <laughs> Doubtfire. <laughs> But uh, so Child shows up at Bo's door and he keeps trying to slam the door in her face. And he's like, what do you want? What do you want, Child? She's like, wait, wait, what? You want to come in? Stop it. Wait. Wait. Don't don't make me say it. Say what? Don't do that. Don't do that. God. So sad. uh, Yeah. And, uh. He kisses her, but the way the scene is framed, it's like a little earlier, maybe 10 minutes earlier in the movie. Bo invites Childs on stage unannounced to sing a duet of a song they just wrote. Yeah. I love that she just knows it. She remembers it, but they sing the duet and we only see half of the duet. So we see Bo's part. And then when she goes into his room, we get intercut footage of the second half of the duet. Yeah. You're gonna take my Whisper the sweetest words And if you're ever sad I'll make you laugh I'll chase the hurt My heart is set on you And then, like, we get the love scene and we see the rest interweaved. I I thought it was well done how they decided to uh, shoot that. I just find the whole between Bo and James and her and Kelly, it's a weird four-way. Yeah. Love, sex, not a triangle. I guess it would be a square. It's four ways. It's a square. Love's a burning thing. It makes a fiery ring. There was a ring of fire after all. My next one is Childs. What you get when you eat chilies. Oh, that's right. A ring of fire, an O ring of fire. That's why I kind of transitioned into, I said transition because I'm country strong. God damn it. Childs and Kelly having a heart to heart in a car while Kelly is laying in Childs lap, completely obliterated drunk. That seems pretty sad. I ain't never had a man be so gentle with me. He's one of the good ones. He's one of the only good ones. Just me, we're friends. No, sweetheart. I don't know. 
I feel bad because it's like Kelly being drunk. She's kind of acknowledging that she's it's kind of past her time. And, you know, her and Charles are bonding and Charles is like someone like protecting her in a weird way. Like, I can't remember. If she's like stroking her hair or something like that. But at one point, Charles says, I think we're friends now. And then she kind of like somewhat sobers up and goes, oh, no, honey. We're not friends. We're not friends at all. It's like, like, oh, God damn you, Gwyneth Paltrow. It's weird. I mean, yeah. like, it's, it's like she's helping her. She's also a little bit psychic because it's like she knows that Bo's with Childs, but how? I don't know. It's I don't know. It's strange. They're all banging each other. So this is, I didn't write this down in logic, but I just thought of it. In the one scene, is James Jack in it? Bring Ben. Is it Bo? I have towel on. We are out and... I got so dirty, I needed to take a shower. Well, that sounds like fun. When Kelly's in Bo's room and right. I'm trying to remember this, they they hung out for the day and she went back to Bo's room. Okay. And she comes into her hotel room and she's wearing like a robe. And okay, James yeah. is like, did you take a shower? And she's like, oh, we got dirty. So I need to take a shower. Oh, yeah. James is sitting at the hotel room table with his laptop open in his boxers. And then like as soon as yeah, Kelly comes in. Yeah, but didn't he also have a dress top on? Like he was just. I don't not- know if it's a dress top, but it was he has a top yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kelly comes into the room and he closes his laptop and gets in bed. I'm pretty sure he's jacking it. I think he was jacking it to probably a fucking child's music video or something. I, you're probably right. It's so fucking creepy. So my next one, the Make-A-Wish scene. Big hearted we high scoring warrior. Won't you give me a chance? Hey, Travis. Can I have this dance? What'd you think? Is it over? I'm sorry. Is it up? No, uh uh-uh, no, it's not, is it? No, uh uh-uh, we got a whole other part, don't we? That's my next one, too. So all Kelly wanted was to be a mom. She truly did. And, like, a lot of times, you know, addiction is out of your control. It's it's in your DNA. I mean, it's, it truly is a, a real thing to struggle with addiction. And so despite, you know, Kelly losing her baby, drunk, falling off stage, you know, that's a separate thing. She could, you know, those things are not mutually exclusive. Like, she could still want to be a mom yeah. but still be addicted to alcohol. She has a commitment, a make-a-wish scene, where she goes and sings for this kid, Travis. Yeah, at a school. At a school. And like, you can see that like mom come out in her when she's singing to him and she's dancing with him. And like, you can see how it's like the most important thing. And then like for a brief moment, you see James kind of fall in love with Kelly all over again. Because you see his eyes glass over Yeah, and like he grabs her and they dance together and stuff. You see him forget about Dallas. But then like, I think he quickly snaps back into it. And like, because it's his resentment towards Kelly kind of just like you killed my child or first like, off you should never be like husband and wife and then the husband be your manager it's like no. it's a fucking recipe for disaster no because he he doesn't love her anymore he doesn't he, he just, just money yeah if he, he loved her he wouldn't have yanked her out of rehab a month early and it almost makes you wonder if like after the movie if well we'll, we'll get into it later if Kelly would have lived if he almost would have just like dumped Kelly all together divorced her quit as her manager and, and found another if it wasn't child another child's you know yeah that's that part of that scene that i love is she sings that little song that she made up and the little kid is can you sing more and yeah. she kind of he's like is it, that it made it on the fly yeah. and she's looking at the guys in her band and they kind of riff yeah it's a real sweet scene so my last one is once again it's a Charles and kelly moment but it's kelly giving Charles before her final performance in yeah. dallas oh that's i have some form of this too 
yeah. where she basically gives Childs like not knowing that this was basically foreshadowing her suicide. Yes. So in way, this was a suicide note to Childs, basically passing the baton to her saying, you're the next big thing. I'm leaving. Take over. That's what it came across as. And it's so sad. There was something so genuine about the scene. And Childs literally is writing notes. Yeah. She's like, do you want to write this down? And she's like, yeah, yeah. She tells her like everything she needs to know, like the, the insider tips. Yeah. Don't ever wear satin on stage because um, it wrinkles like anything and your sweat will show right through it. I don't care how pretty the dress is. Always travel with your costumes and if anything ever needs mending, send it to Arturo in Beverly Hills. He's the best. Don't take laxatives ever. They never work the way you want them to. Don't drink anything carbonated on a show day, okay? It'll make you bloat. Wear high heels everywhere you go. And when it comes to writing your own songs, don't get too concerned about it, all right? Your motto should always be the best song wins. Don't be afraid to fall in love. It's the only thing that matters in life. The only thing. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Yeah. You just fall in love with as many things as possible. And then she's like, are, you know, your parents aren't really aren't school teachers, are they? And she's like, Yo, you're going to want to get out in front of that. You know, you're not going to want to lie. The people will find out. But uh, yeah, Which, like earlier in this movie, I'm thinking as this movie's progressing, Charles is going to be like that young kid who said, why is this old hag stealing my yeah. thunder and my light? But it's weird that I don't know if it's just how the movie was structured or how it was written, where you are endeared to Charles. Yeah. And I didn't expect that. Yeah. It's yeah, a fucking it, mess, Kevin. It, it is, because you don't really know who you're supposed to like and not like. like. am I supposed to fucking hate her? Then I like her. Then James is a, a dick. But, but but he's also sympathetic yeah. because, like, he's watching his wife. Unru- I got I, the whole. It's a lot. So, yeah. So after that, Kelly goes on stage and just, like, absolutely kills it. Oh, destroys she has, like, it. She does all the hits. Like, she nails it. Exactly what they wanted. Everybody's, like, so excited. Everybody has. And she's basically like, that's how you do it. And then she locks herself in a room and no one seems to notice that she's not there no and then Bo's like well where's kelly but first no swimming pool in this one no swimming pool but i'm sure there would have been at a hotel or, or somewhere oh. all right let's do pool check are you country strong gonna dive in a pool gonna crack a beer and say you're in the mood that sounded like a jingle Thank you for something. I have no idea. It's Viagra. country strong beer. So we are going to talk music videos. We like doing that on this podcast, but yes. specifically the greatest country music videos of all time. It's oh, so difficult. It was pretty hard it's because so difficult. I mean, like I know the classics yeah. and stuff and I had to do, I, Google was my friend with this one, but like, I'm happy with the list I came up with, but I'm like any, if there's any country music fans listening, they're probably like shouting at us because we're probably missing some obvious ones. Now I, will also preface mine by saying I'm not a country music fan. If if anything, there's a couple country music songs I like and it's the old school country music. Yeah, as music. I say, I like the country music that predated music videos. Not this shit nowadays. It's <laughs> southern pop. It's garbage music. Uh, I like some of it. I, I think it's fun. Like, to me, there is, like, a, a charming appeal of, like, just, like, bad pop country music and drinking a bunch of beer in the summer yes. and, like, that sort of vibe. But, okay, so I will go first and I got number five. I got our boy, Big Al. <laughs> Pool ah. scene podcast legend Alan yes. Jackson with Chattahoochee. Yeah, 
here on the Chattahoochee Never knew how much it muddy water meant to me But I learned how to swim and I learned who I was A lot about living and a little about love Oh. So in this video, Big Al water skiing in ripped cowboy jeans and a cowboy hat. A whole song and video about a dude who just fucking loves muddy water. Loves it. He just is like the stereotype. Yeah, it's the whole stereotype. It's just Alan Jackson water skiing. There's some other stuff going on, but it's just like probably Yankee Lake truck night. Probably. It's super, super fun. Super ridiculous. Chattahoochee is a banger certified hood banger. And Jim, what's your number five? So my number five is, once again, sticking with the old school here, but it's also tied into a movie, hence this podcast. It's 9 to 5, Dolly Parton. Nice. Great song. Working nine to five, what a way to make a living. Barely getting by, it's all taken and no giving. They just use your mind and they never give you credit. It shows a lot of the movie because I got to give a big shout out to our friend of the show, the man who smokes a dart like a champion, one Dabney Coleman. It's just scenes from the movie. Dolly Parton, to this day, just a fucking sweetheart. She pays for people at her own amusement park to go to college. I mean, what can you say more about Dolly Parton? There's not a sound like her ever. It's never been duplicated, always imitated, nine to five. Yeah, it's a bummer to work nine to five. I'd rather work five to nine. (laughs) I'd rather work never. (laughs) Working never. What a way to make a living. I need money. Number four, it's my boy Big Al again. (laughs) Yes! Don't rock the jukebox. Don't rock the jukebox. I want to hear some John. Because my heart ain't ready for the rolling stone. I don't feel like rocking since my baby's gone. So don't rock the jukebox. Play me a country song. Video literally starts with our boy, pool scene legend, laying on a couch. It's almost like he's at the therapist. Yeah. He's laying on a couch and he's telling the story of where the song came from. And they thought they were so clever. So basically he's telling the story. They're playing at a honky tonk that had a jukebox with a wobbly leg. He's standing next to the jukebox and one of his band members, a guitar player, somebody says, hey, don't rock the jukebox. But instead of him actually saying the words, don't don't rock the jukebox. It's the first line of the song. So he's like, yeah, he just told me don't rock the jukebox. And then it's like the rest of the video is just him playing and singing next to a jukebox. And we get a George Jones cameo from the possum. Did you ever find George Jones weird looking? He is weird. Like I love him. He looks like a robot out of Westworld. Yeah, he does. He that's looks a, like the shooter. Accurate. <laughs> uh, I wish he was Yul Brenner. Number four for me. You can't think of a good country line dance song. Then Trace Atkins. Honky tonk. Oh, you did it. But donk a donk. It's so hard not to stare at that honky tonk. But donk a donk. Keeping perfect rhythm make you want to swing along. Got it going on like donkey Kong. 
Now, as you guys have known, I was a DJ for 10 years and I had to learn all these line dances because I thought that added a little flavor to everything I did, like performance wise. So, of course, every country line dance, you know, everything has a subtle variation. If you don't know it, here's a tip. Do the electric slide. It works every yeah. damn time. Honky Tonk Badonka Donk. Music video, straightforward. It's got to be twerking, right? If Trace Adkins. Not Trace Adkins. Twerking. I was going to say, I don't think he's thick Trace Adkins. Now, that would be a hell of a persona. But he's in a honky tonk, folks. It's a country song. It tells you exactly what it is. He's in a honky tonk, and people are shaking their asses. That's what Badonka Donk. For the longest time, I thought it was Puh Donka Donk. Punk's a tiny fill. Punk's a tiny uh, Donk. Shout out, Dustin Armadillo. So my number three, the chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. That's right. Goodbye, Earl. They worked out a plan and it didn't take them long to decide that Earl had to die. Ooh. Such an upbeat and fun song about murder. We get a bunch of B-level name value actors telling a story about a small town woman who marries an abuser and then poisons him with the help of her best friend. They dump his body at the lake, but as they say in the song, he's a missing person that nobody missed at all. Underrated part of this video, I never noticed it before, is that during the singing and dancing scenes, we get to see the chicks dancing with a zombie Earl, which just makes the whole idea weird. <laughs> So my next one, number three, Garth Brooks, speaking of a guy who's probably buried multiple bodies in multiple places, Colin Baton Rouge. And though I'm out on the highway, my thoughts are still with her. Such a strange combination of a woman and a child. Such a strange situation, stopping every hundred miles, calling Baton Rouge. It's a fucking great song. And it's one of the rare country songs that I'm like, not bad. Garth Brooks, weird fucking guy. Chris Gaines? Yes. His alternate fucking ego. Goth, emo, Chris Gaines. That picture of him in that album cover is Chris Gaines. So it was supposed to be a movie, but the movie never happened. What could that a movie have been? And we had to cover it. Yeah, but it was supposed to be a movie. And then like the album was going along with a companion to the movie. And then it just never happened. Sort of like how Jennifer Love Hewitt had a song called Let's Go Bang, which was supposed to have a music video with William Hung taught you how to do the dance called the bang great but instead it just never happened so instead she just had a single called let's go bang Did they? I wonder if they ever filmed that video. Let's go bang. I yeah. Don't know. Oh god, that'd be great. But this one, it's all from live concerts, and of course, crowds go fucking insane. Oh sure, Garth had that. Was it that? Where did he play? Times Square? I or, think so. Uh, Central Park or something. Yeah. And there were like nine hundred and eighty thousand people there. It's like <laughs> it's like when Metallica played in Germany in yeah. nineteen ninety one or something. There's a million yeah, at the people. wall, right? Yeah. Hey, wall. <laughs> there he is, brother. There Yumba it is, pie. brother. The Berlin Wall. <laughs> <laughs> my number two you guys gotta watch that scene fucking hulk hogan wears bifocals he sees this big ass guy on the top of a hotel 10 miles away and points him he's, out he's gotta be yeah he's gotta be like a, a half a mile away on top of a building and somehow hulk hogan with the hawk vision i should fucking put he's in, in the, the middle of talking and he's like <laughs> hey whoa <laughs> That's the wall, brother. Wall, put your fucking hand up. So he goes, ah! Speaking of brothers, my number two, also Big Girth Brooks. Big Girth. The Thunder Rolls, the band video. Praying it's the weather that's kept him out all night. 
So it's another video depicting domestic abuse of philandering husband on his wife. When he returns home during a storm, he tries to beat on her and she pulls a gun. We don't see it, but it's obvious she kills him. So get this, Jim. All right, go for it. See, part of country music, and especially in this era, is the fan base was a certain type of person. So the reason that this... <laughs> Treading delicately there, I see. So the reason this music video was banned is basically the same shit we're dealing with now. It was banned for being the equivalent of woke TNN the Nashville network said they would not show videos promoting social issues so basically they didn't want the redneck audience to see women standing up to men like that's literally what it was they were like wait this video is telling people that my wife can shoot me if I slap on her fuck that put on a demo derby so basically it was like well we this video is telling me we can't get away with abuse basically VH1 was like fuck you guys we'll play it so VH1 started playing the video Video hits one. So then TNN lifted the ban, but get this. Oh, fuck. TNN, before they lifted the ban, asked Big Girth if he would film a different ending to the video. Oh, for fuck's sake. And he said no, but then they went through with showing it anyway. So they were like, well, we really want this video on our network, but we can't show abused women killing their abusers. Can you please, if the, I, I, I want to hear what TNN's pitch yeah, was. Can you edit it out? Can you please have him kill her yeah can you have him kill her and then he drives his truck away can you have him get away with it can you have her say thank you for abusing me like i mean i I don't know what their pitch was to him to be like we want you to fix this yeah sound like a bon jovi song thank you for abusing me good lord (laughs) thank you bon jovi shout out to fred whitaker bon jovi abuses us every time friend of the show has been on the show every time john bovi opens his mouth hates with a passion of 50 sons John Bon Jovi yep. or John Bon Jovi. His son just got engaged to Millie Bobby Brown. I think they got married already. Oh, they got mar- I think Fuck. they just like did it instantly. Who are we going to get the reception? My dad. Go. I'm concerned. Are what? you concerned? What, what are you? She's 19 and 20 years old. Eh, she seems mature. Post mature. She's uh, very mature. She fought monsters and shit. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> she went to the upside down and leave. I mean, fuck, man. She has psychic powers. So my number two, a song and a video that I discovered on the TV show Ghost Adventures. What? My name is Zach Bagans. I never believed in ghosts until I came face to face with one. With Zach Bagans, everybody's ultimate douchebag ghost hunter. Yeah. Bobby Mackey, Johanna. Johanna. Now, background real quick. Bobby Mackey also had a honky-tonk. It's in Wilder, Kentucky, right across the Ohio border. This place is notorious for being haunted to the point where when you walk through the front doors, there's a disclaimer saying, whatever happens here, we're not liable. And they do like overnight stuff where you can do ghost hunts. People have been attacked. People have been possessed. So the whole thing about Johanna was she was a singer. I believe in the, the, the 40s or 50s, her boyfriend came to one of the shows. I don't 
don't know if they had some sort of beef like she thought he was or she was cheating on him. He kills her up in the attic above the the stage. Legend is that Johanna is still upstairs in the attic where she was murdered. Bobby Mackey wrote a song in 1989 to Johanna. Such a great song. And the video, this is Bobby Mackey's smart about this, though, because he's marketing the fact that, hey, this shit's haunted. Visions of a girl, a lot of ghost shit in this music video. I mean, a ton of ghost shit. I got to watch this because I don't know the video. I didn't know Bob. I knew of Bobby Mackey's. I didn't know Bobby Mackey was like a country singer. Yeah, he was that. really good. I don't know. Like, I don't think he ever had super success, but he played at his own place. He is Bo. Yeah. Except Bo doesn't own a place. Maybe. Bo, but, Bo knows ghosts. Bo knows ghosts. Bo knows country strong. Bo knows. Uh, yep. <laughs> he, knows, he knows hips. He knows hips. <laughs> then they don't lie. They don't lie. And his career. That's he only right. played 18 football games or something. My number one. Number one. The greatest country music video of all time. It's Reba McIntyre Fancy. It was red velvet trimming and it fit me good. Standing back from the looking less there stood a woman where a half grown kid it stood. She said, Here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. She said, Here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. It's like a cinematic video. It's like Iggy Azalea's fancy. It's I'm so fancy. You already know. I'm in the fast lane from LA to Nashville. Reba McIntyre fancy. So it, it's like a cinematic video. It starts with fancy riding in a cab and the, the driver is telling her like, I'm your biggest fan. I've seen all your movies. You're fucking great. I might kidnap. No, he doesn't tell her. Oh, so, Jesus. so she's seemingly a movie star, but she returns to her childhood home. That's where they're going. She wants to go see her childhood home, which is an abandoned shack. And inside the shack is the music video where she sings the story that basically their mom spent all of their money on a dress for fancy and then sold fancy to a man while she was still a child. God, we never see the man, but she goes on to tell that he was a good man. Still weird that she's married to an adult as a child, but now she looks back at the house and she understands why her mom sold her into sex slavery. Like what? It's insane. And she like sings about like there was a baby, like her mom also had a baby. She lost the baby into foster care but now like she's not mad at her mom for selling like, she's a movie star now and she's like no nah, my mom was right for selling me to Jesus. a man for spending all our money to sell me to a man crazy absolute talk about the idea. background of a country music song jesus christ yeah. so my number one number one is a man who should have been in this fucking movie i think he could have elevated it to the next level instead of 20 million it would have made 25 million <laughs> billy ray cyrus achy breaky yes. heart don't tell my heart my achy breaky heart i just don't think he'd understand and if you tell my heart my achy breaky heart he mightn't blow up and kill this man <laughs> I mean, when you think of country music, how can you not think of Aki Breaky Heart? I can hear people screaming, yeah. saying, you fucking just group Billy Ray Cyrus into our thing. I, Fuck off. I have Best this in my honorable mentions. It, it's literally like Beatlemania. It is. Mixed with line dancing. My grandmother went out and bought this cassette at Kmart. Yeah, it was like old school country people, the people we were talking about that like predate music videos. Oh, yeah. They fucking hated this. Oh, thing. it was not. He was like. The birth so, of country pop music. He was like the vanilla 
ice of country. Suge Knight did not hold him out of a window. I, I don't think he did. Maybe Waylon Jennings. Awesome as a time capsule. And like the success of this song helped give us Miley Cyrus and to a lesser extent her siblings, her sister Noah, who doesn't have eyebrows, and her brother, who was who's her brother, Cy Cyrus. Al, Al City or something. Her brother was like the one fire? of those oh. Metro Station. Her brother was like one of those like, Imagination Dragons. He, he was in the Imagination Dragons. Another honorable mention for me, Shania Twain, any man of mine. She's got like a lot of like in that video, you know, she she's like super cutesy and she knows it. Yeah. And it's just her on like a ranch driving a truck and shit. But that song's a banger. I remember having the uh, 1996 Grammy Hits CD. Oh. And Any Man of Mine was on there and that shit bangs. I remember when she did uh, That Don't Impress Me Much. Oh, and that's my bit. That's a hit, man. Yeah, that's my bit. Uh, and then I like predated, uh, there's no official music video, but I like Conway Twitty, Hello Darling. Okay. Because like watch any performance of it from like a variety show or whatever. He has that like combination. It's like a slick back hairdo, but at the same time, it's like an afro. Yeah. And you know exactly what I'm oh, talking about. I, yeah. It's, it's a smear fro. It's so strange. And then it's he's got the big, heavy, like chopped sideburns. But at the end of them, there's just a little bit of gray. Not an attractive man. No. But I bet he hello darlinged his way into like top notch trim. Are we saying like hello darling, like hog, like he has a big hog? He hello, probably did. Hello darling. He just <laughs> whips it out. Hello darling. I have Jerry Reed, Eastbound and Down, because one of my favorite movies of all time is Smokey and the Bandit. What a fucking voice that guy had. He was awesome. And for my mom, one of the the country music guys I will always love is Randy Travis. Too gone for too long. But every time we would go see my Aunt Marty, who my Aunt Marty looked like fucking so many people, (laughs) so many guys. She looked like the former RNC chairman, Michael Steele. We would always listen to Randy Travis, Too Gone for Too Long, every time we went up to Menor. Man, forever and ever, amen. Oh, so you I, had so many I, good ones. I, I told you so. Dude. Man, Randy Travis. Randy awesome. Travis, connections. I would say Johnny Cash is hurt, but it's hard to call a Nine Inch Nails cover country. Yeah. Like, even though it's Johnny Cash, it's a Nine Inch Nails song. You know what's a good Johnny Cash one? When they did the opening credits to Dawn of the Dead, the 04 yeah. remake with uh, Man When comes Man around. Comes Around. Yeah. God damn. That so whole good. album, I'm American Four. Yeah, really good. by Rick Rubin. Yeah, really awesome. good. I'm sure there's a lot. There's, uh, like, the, Brad Paisley had a bunch of, like, Brad Paisley, like, hit fire, had, like, five, six, seven, eight hits, like, back to back to back, but he had that video of Celebrity and, like, Jason Alexander's in it. There's, like, ah. a bunch of celebrities in it. It's super strange, but it's another one. He has that song where his, like, wife makes him pick, like, fishing or her, and then he's like, I'm gonna miss her because he picked fishing over his wife. This culture <laughs> is really very concerning. I just thought about it. Imagine- no wonder they're mad at Bud Light Can. Imagine if they would have had like a George Strait Little Kim song. I would have loved <laughs> the that. Fucking greatest thing ever. George the Queen Strait Bee. is like the dude. He looks like he was caught in a nuclear blast. <laughs> well, a weird. He dude. gave him some powers because he did. dude had like over fifty number one songs and like they're awesome. Like Under fifty six years old. Me, great. Yeah, dude could fuck bang. Oh, uh, <laughs> fuck bang. <laughs> that's uh, actually. I'm pretty sure Jennifer Love Hewitt wrote "Let's Go Bang" about George Strait. <laughs> Let's get this straight. I want to bang. All right, let's get back in the pool. The water is warm, but my heart is so cold. I love you, darling. Let's make a clay mold. At first, that sounded a little bit more Godsmack. (laughs) I don't want to hear Sully sing country. I'm not the one who's so far away. Where are for you to sneak by? Like steel guitar. Kelly, how was rehab? 
Well, good, I hope. <laughs> Is it too soon for a comeback tour? Look, true. we couldn't be happier. We've got three sold-out shows. We've so got the much. hottest two Thank action you. country music come around in a long time. And uh, Texas has never seen anything this big. Kelly, how do you feel about returning to Dallas? I feel okay. I think it's Kelly, can you sign right good. here? Thanks. Anything else to say to your fans? I love y'all. Thanks for coming out. She looks great, doesn't she, guys? Thank you so much. Thank you. Critical questions. So we talked about fame a few weeks ago and how, like, Taylor Swift coming into the venues in a janitor's cart. Yeah. So Bo in this movie does not want fame. His goal is to play music for only a few people. He wants to fucking perform at Leon's He's every like, weekend. I don't like money. Don't you understand? I don't want your life. I don't want your money. He does he just wants to he doesn't want money he doesn't want to be famous yeah he, he just wants to play guitar for good people like are we assuming that Childs is doing the same or like do you think Childs is gonna have tr- like so okay so the movie ends Childs comes into the bar where Bo's playing yeah and we kind of get feel as though that's like our confirmation that Childs gave up being a star millions she gave up yeah millions. because they're calling her like the next I don't remember what the it next is Kelly What's her last name? She's like a top 10 upcoming star. So she shows up to to live with Bo or whatever. But like, do you think that she's going to try to have her cake and eat it too? Like she's coming to live with Bo on his farm, but then she's going to leave sometimes to record and tour. Uh, Or do you think she's just like, I'm leaving the music business? God damn it. This ties into such a fucking lot. So basically what I'm asking is like, what do you think happens after the end of the movie? She can't have her cake and eat it too. She's too notorious, but that seems to go right out the window in this movie. I don't know. Part Part of me thinks she saw Kelly rise and fall and Kelly become another person. And maybe she doesn't. She's at a point where she's like, I don't want to be her. Yeah. And if I keep going on this path, I'm assuming the leech James is going to try to be her manager or do something else to try to suck her back into be a new Kelly. Literally just parade her around everywhere, wear her down. And she turns to the drinking. Maybe she doesn't want that. She fell in love with Bo. Bo, the the sweetheart of the Lothario of fart. He just fucking wants to perform at a honky tonk for $10 in chicken wings. Apparently I think she does not want to be Kelly. I, mine's a little dark. I kind of think Bo and also pre-death Kelly convinced Childs that love is the most, and cause like she literally says it to yeah, her. She says like, she something like love's the most important thing. So I think they, they convinced Childs that she needs to give it all up to be in love because why can't you have both? Why can't you like literally, yeah. Hey, I can love Bo and live with Bo and, and we can be happy, but I can also leave sometimes and tour and play music. I can't like, is why it, is it? Why <laughs> did they, have to be separate isn't trisha yearwood and garth yes. brooks don't they virtually do the same damn thing in real life so it's possible they started as an affair there well technically Bo and Childs yeah. and kelly and james so but i think this is what i think happens oh god here we go Childs gives up her dream and goes lives with Bo. She does it for a while and realizes she hates it, that she was meant to be a star. So her and Bo get divorced. But by the time they do, it's too late for Childs to like rekindle and make it. So basically, Bo ruins her life. Ooh. 
because she there's still a chance for me to do music. And be she, like, something. she calls James and he's like, well, fuck you. You're 26 now. Yeah, you're too damn old. You're too damn old. I got a critical question for you, oh, Kevin. Nice. And this Let's shit's dark, too. All right. So Bo works at the rehab. Hence, that's where he met Kelly. Okay. Do you think that when she first got in there, when she started, you know, sobering up? Yeah. Does Bo seem like the type, the woman that works there says, Bo, stay out of her room. Does he seem like the type that would literally go into a room and go, hey, I wrote a new song. Do you want to hear it? Like, hey, you think you could tell somebody about this? Or he's soliciting his music yeah. to her. How, how does it happen? And then all of a sudden, Kelly gets out of rehab and the first person that she mentions who should go on tour with her is him. I want Bo to open for me. Who's Bo? He's that kid you just met. He's a singer. He's a well, good why don't one. we get the gardener to open for you? I'm sure he's good. It's important to me. So, in a way... Is he evil? Is that what you're asking? Exactly. Is, is he Bo like... fucking the Joker? <laughs> is he evil? He wants to watch the world burn just so he can make everyone <laughs> give it up and go to California with us. <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah, I don't know. But we're going to we're gonna talk about it. Let's... Uh, someone who could have played Bo Hutt, Mr. David McCall. Hey, you know, I tried out for Country Song, okay? And they said, hey, Mark, can you sing Country? I said, fuck no. Do you know who I am? I'm going to fucking kill you. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. Oh, boy, here we go. Uh, before we move on to logic, Mark, Marky Mark Wahlberg, he always disappoints me. At the UFC event, he's telling Aiden Ross how big of a fan he is of his content. Hey, man, I'm a big fan, okay? And I'm like, come, he, the hate crimes, like the, just the, he could have stopped 9-11. Now he's telling Aiden Ross, who's like a white supremacist, like he's telling him like, oh, I'm a big fan of your content. I'm like, come on, who's stop gonna, talking. Hey, I'm a big fan of the Paul brothers, okay? You want to go to that forest? <laughs> it's pretty cool. I'm going to film there. So, all right, Jim, you, you're excited. Let's give it. What's your first logic issue? How? How, Kevin? That's it. How? <laughs> Question mark. How? How, Sway? How does no one follow Kelly the fuck around? And why does she not have bodyguards that monitor every single thing? Why is it fucking Bo's responsibility to watch Kelly not have a bottle of alcohol? Second of all, why is there any alcohol anywhere near her that she can get access to? She's a f she just got out of rehab. Yeah. She's a six-time Grammy award-winning country star. She's on the fast track back, Kevin. Why is she just allowed to go to the fucking Golden Bear Bar down in West Middlesex? Nobody recognizes her. Here's a bottle of vodka. I'm fucking drunk. So what? <laughs> how? Do you like how they reinforce how much of a drunk she is when, oh, when James goes to that gig that Childs and Bo are playing? Yeah. And the bar owner literally Literally, to James's face was like, Kelly not coming? No, no, she needs her beauty rest. <laughs> well, I guess I can tell the bartender put the vodka back on the shelf. I guess we could tell the staff to put the vodka back on the shelf. Why did she fucking, did, did she make that place go out of business? I, it's just, why would you say that to someone's husband? God. I mean, insane. Um, so one major logic issue, and maybe it's not logic. It's just, I disagree with how they framed it. They don't actually say what happened with Kelly. The fact she fell off stage and had a miscarriage. They don't explicitly say it for an hour and 22 minutes. The biggest plot point of the entire movie. They wait till near the end. This movie 
movie is almost two hours long. Const- they just keep constantly saying Dallas. You know, I can't wait to get back to Dallas. What happened to Dallas? And it's like, then you just casually get the reveal. They make, hey, what happened to Dallas? They make it sound like the JFK assassination. Yeah, well, it was in Dallas. <laughs> exactly my point. Hey, you remember Dallas? Which part? Was it JFK or Kelly Canner? Fuck off. How much blame do we place on James for Kelly's death? It's got to be rather significant. 90%. Here's the thing. Don't you think he would want to be in the room with his wife? She just got off stage. Yeah. She's worn out. Like, Honey, that was amazing. That was amazing. Good job. You would think, but he's talking about her, her the book and the next tour dates and stuff. James, James, yeah. hi. Oh, what do we expect next from Kelly? Well, more songs, more shows. Help a lot more what we saw tonight. And they just like let her go. So, okay, here's here's a logic thing I don't have written down. She planned this the whole time. Hence when she was talking to Childs about, hey, you want to write this stuff down? She planned this the whole time. She knew, like, I'm just going to go out there and give the performance of my life, and then I'm going to do this after. Yeah. And then she also, weirdly enough, why did she bang the tour promoter to keep the tour alive? Like, if she had intentions of ending her life in Dallas. Okay, so here's a two-part thing, and I'll get to that. Okay. So, one... How does James not immediately realize Bo and Kelly are having an affair? I think they do. It's willing. I think ignorance. it's a wink. You keep an eye on her. I'll forget about everything else. But then why does he punch him when he admits the truth? I have no idea. It, maybe it's like a respect thing. It's like, look, I know. Don't say it. Yeah, just then shut the Bo fuck up. Then when Bo finally says it and he's like, you know... I was never her sponsor. And then he punches him. Yeah. It's willful ignorance because like the first time James walks in on him, Bo's shirt's open, his pants are undone, yeah. his belt's undone. And then again, does James know, because this is like a true logic point, does James know that they got to keep the Dallas gig because Kelly did the hunka chunka with everybody loves Raymond's brother looking promoter <laughs> motherfucker? Brad Garrett? He looks like Brad Garrett kind of. <laughs> But she she does the hunka chunka with Brad Garrett on a tour bus. Which okay, he flips out on James saying that's what he's saying. Like, that's two, it. It's two million dollars yeah. down the drain. What? Once again, exposition is key. Do we need to follow her out to the bus with fucking Brad Garrett? Like you walk in, I that was the last thing I expected. Yeah, was to see Kelly riding the the fucking guy as <laughs> Bo walks in. Yeah. And here's another thing. Speaking of James walking in on Bo and Kelly, why when Bo did the, hey, why don't you wear your, uh, I don't know why I'm talking like this. Why don't you put on your, your lingerie, your, uh, your underwear looks just like a bikini. Why was there such a rush for Bo to put all of his clothes back on when James have already seen him almost naked with his own wife? Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. It's everything's super weird. Everything's so strange. The whole Bo and Childs like dynamic is weird because I, I think in, in the James and Childs dynamic. So there's like the scene earlier in the movie where it's at the first show and Bo's in Kelly's locker room telling her he's proud of her and she's proud of him. And she's like, now get my husband in here. I want him to see how good I look. And then it's like, he's too busy flirting with Childs. But like, does he really want to get with Childs or is he just like... That first concert at the very beginning, Bo comes into Kelly's dressing room. Kelly dismisses everybody. She walks over and he starts kissing him. Yeah. Don't you think all like the people like working on her hair kind of are putting two and two together? Yeah, she's too? like, everybody get out. Bo's got stage fright yeah bull and and she pushes him in the corner yeah like i i I don't know it's just a weird dynamic because kelly like what is what what's her affair with Bo? she Uh, she all she wants is her husband to love her the first time i heard you sing i knew i wasn't much of a church man but i thought that must be what angels sound like thought i died and gone to heaven 
And it makes it even weirder that he worked at the rehab. So there's a yeah. massive ethical issue Everything here. Everything about it. God. It, makes you, it, it lends precedence to your theory that he's just, he's evil. He's a piece of shit. He's evil. I love that at the first gig that Bo plays with Childs, so the one where it's like their audition for James, yeah. there's a huge line in front of the building, but Bo just pulls up and parks directly in front of the venue. So like plenty of street parking because like there's a huge line and he just pulls up in parks and gets out and walks in. How does nobody really recognize him? He signs maybe one or two autographs. He's literally been up on stage. And it also goes back to the point that I mentioned earlier. Somebody who's a six-time Grammy Award winner and a guy that's now on tour with her. Why are they at the Packard fucking Music Hall yeah. when it comes to, like, strength of arena? Why aren't they not at a basketball Well, I wonder arena? if it's because maybe there's some... We see protesters and stuff, so yeah. I wonder if maybe they're, like, testing the waters before they go full scale and playing some smaller rooms. I don't know. Speaking of, of full rooms, why does James Cantor go all in on Childs? Like she's yeah. obviously nowhere near ready. Unproven. Confirms as much with the stage fright at the small venue. Why? Like, what is it about Childs? How does he like come across her? Why is it? That's the girl. He's got to be thinking with his dick on this one. He does. And so does that producer. Yo, big When time. he's like in there letting Childs record the songs, Kelly really wants to record this single that this songwriter's written a bunch of number ones for her. And Kelly really wants the song. I think it's called home or coming home. Yeah, I believe that's ET a phone home and the country <laughs> song. And, uh, but with an ET sample in the back, James, <laughs> ET phone home, coming on home. <laughs> James is telling the producer, like Kelly really wants that song. You got to give it to us. And he's like, nah, that girl right there. She's the right one to sing the song. She got tits. But yeah, right. She's 19. Uh, Kelly still ends up singing the song at her concert and they have a, a music video for it in the background. But too. what makes it even creepier is when she walks in on Childs recording the song. Yeah. And then once again, she goes into the bathroom to cry. Here comes James Warner with the fucking bird. He has a bird the whole yeah. time. <laughs> what is with this goddamn bird? That thing's got to be dead. How is he feeding it? It's in a box. Yeah. He moved that fucking bird across the country. God damn. Damn. Fucking took the bird away from his family. Fucking stunt bird. My last one real quick. When they get on the bus to go to the first tour, Child thinks she's going to be yeah. on the tour bus. Oh, yeah. Hi, Miss Kelly. Would you mind signing this for me, please? Sure. Thank you so much. If you have any advice for a young artist such as myself, I'd love to hear oh, it. Oh, I have some advice. And James has been so helpful. Oh, I won't sell it on eBay or anything. I've just been a fan of yours since I was a little girl. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is amazing. James is so beautiful. I don't even want to pee in the toilet. Ah. You didn't think this was for you, did you? No. No. God, no. Okay. See you in Houston. So she has Kelly's CD to sign for her, yeah. which fucking Kelly's not a professional here. She signs on the jewel case. Yeah. You sign on the insert. Okay. That shit's going to rub off. Second, it's a Sharpie. Good Bad point. idea. The big thing though, she writes, stay away from my husband. Childs not once ever looks at that. You think for a five second scene, she could have looked at it and just mouth fucking bitch. You know, something like yeah. that. She didn't even read it. Fuck. That's a good point. I did not yeah. have that. And, and this kind of like it transitions into mind. We never see the details of why Bo gets to bring his band, but Childs doesn't. Childs has that very boy band looking guitar player. Oh yeah. Up front. He just really eats that scenery on his one claim to fame. But did they like play rock, paper, scissors? Because she sings with Bo's band. But wouldn't that suck for Bo's band to have to learn all Childs songs? I'd be pissed. Like, 
because I, I feel like everything in this movie just happens like boom, boom, boom. Like the whole movie happens in like the course of a week. Plus, not until the very end does she get her own microphone set up. As an audio nerd, two people yeah. on a dynamic microphone, which is what we're using, you talk straight to it. Two people talking to the side, it's going to sound like shit. Yep. Yeah, they must have uh, got out the omnidirectional. Yeah. Uh, so it's strange because like James is pulling Kelly out of rehab. Have they announced the tour already at that point? Probably not. Right? Yeah. Because then he says, okay, Bo, you can come on tour. And Childs, you're coming on tour. But like, when do they announce? How how much advance? Because they act like it's the next day that they show up to get on the tour bus. Well, I feel like he announced something in order to pull her out a month early. So I have a feeling he went ahead and announced that he got in buddy-buddy with the promoter. She ended up hunk a chunk in yeah. and said, I got to pull her now because so we got to. The, the credits, hunk a chunk a promoter. <laughs> Brad Garrett in quotation marks. <laughs> Kelly makes Bo promise not to sleep with anyone on tour. Oh, gee, thanks. And, and that he's hers. But then in front of him, again, she's just looking for her husband to be like, somebody get my husband. I want to show him how hot I am. And I'm like, you're fucking with Bo so yeah. bad here, which maybe he's evil. So like <laughs> evil Bo. <laughs> evil I love Bo. this angle if it was. But then James is pissed because Bo's worried about her. But then James is too busy flirting with Childs when Bo's like, James, Kelly wants to see you. And he's like, fuck you, Bo. <laughs> evil Bo. <laughs> Oh, piece of shit. In Bristol, when the audience doesn't realize they're getting the Kelly Canner spoken word tour, <laughs> I love the look on the face of the backup singers. Like when James pulls Kelly off stage because the backup singers are like, oh boy. I love like, how he's just yelling, sing, sing, play, yes. play, sing. <laughs> they would hear him more than her. Right. And then at the press conference, the next show, they say it was it was food poisoning. That's like... <laughs> I shouldn't eat that sushi. Brother. It's like the... Uh, <laughs> You remember the Martin Lawrence heat exhaustion thing? Oh yeah. He's caught with a prostitute and they were like, it was heat exhaustion. I mean, that's like <laughs> what the, the sushi excuse was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Shouldn't the greatest the thing you want to say after you finish. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't eat that sushi. Yeah. You just got your Pringles can wet. And you <laughs> eating that sushi. He spray painted um, NWO on her. <laughs> well, yeah. it was NWO white. White. NWO uh, white. <laughs> Ah! No, I'm glad it wasn't red. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I hope not. Go to a doctor. You're not country strong. That sushi really was. You ate piranha or something. <laughs> piranha sushi. And then you, <laughs> you painted NWO on her stomach in red. I also love how it's like night vision camera in the bedroom. What the fuck? Oh boy. Oh um, God. When they get to the Austin show, Bo and Kelly plan on having some fun. Like they already planned to have, spend the day together. Their idea of fun is boarding a train like hobos. I was just, that was what I was going to mention. They go fucking train jumping. <laughs> Jump on a train. Nobody notices a six time Grammy award winner running onto a train. Where is this train going? They didn't have Uber. How did they get back <laughs> they just walked through a fucking field none of this makes sense <laughs> fuck this movie <laughs> <laughs> Give me more. Yeah, I got six Grammys, seven 
Childs has seemingly already recorded an album's worth of material. So when she walks away with Bo, there's not some record label that's like, I think we're going to release this. You know what I mean? Because like at that point, she's probably given away the rights to the songs. Possibly. She's doing a Trent Reznor and putting it on a jump drive and leaving it in the diner bathroom. Yeah. So like it, it's weird because it seems like someone would want to release this album. So he would hope. that goes into my theory that like had to sign a contract. They're not going to allow Childs to just fuck off to California. No, they're going to like make her. They're going to be like, look, we invested an album's worth of material on you. You're in magazines. You're just on tour with not only on tour with Kelly Canner, but imagine the rocket up her ass yeah. to be like Childs was like one of the last people to see Kelly. She was on tour with Kelly. Imagine how much they could stretch the publicity of that into and a career. Just, they're not going to let her walk away. It's no. going to be like Scientology. All right. You can't leave us. Although that's a pretty good excuse for walking away. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody be like, I understand why she walked away. So why is Kelly sleeping with Hunker? chunk of brad garrett is it like is so unnecessary payment he's saying he uh, this is gonna sound awful but he's saying he lost two million dollars yeah so sleeping with kelly canner is worth two million dollars first off it makes fucking dollar general brad garrett even worse that she's completely inebriated yeah oh and yeah he's, he's fucking banging her and she's completely drunk yes there is crimes committed there it's crimes committed on top of the fact it's okay it's also weird that you walk in on the bus they're having sex fully clothed. Yeah, right, right. It's like, yeah, come on. The hottest sex. Hottest sex. The, the hottest $2 million sex. How weird would it have been if they were playing her own song while she was having sex? Is that weird? Is that like a sexual inception? She said like, get out of here, Bo. And then, or is it like, she's just, she's drunk. She's mad at everyone and she's feeling lonely. And she's like, Raymond's brother over there looking kind of hunk of chunky. <laughs> hunk of chunky. Yeah. <laughs> it's the last thing she wants. NWO red. Uh, <laughs> NWO yellow. You don't want to be NWO brown. Yellow sputum. Uh, Does Bo go to the same bar in Austin three times? Yes. He's there when Kelly finds him. She's like, I knew you'd be in the biggest shithole in town. Then he goes back to find Kelly there dancing to smile on the bar and he retrieves her. Then after the concert's over, when she doesn't perform after the hunk of chunka, he goes back to that bar. Explain to me, how is there not news coverage of who they are or Bo and nobody bothers them at this bar? Apparently not. There's no media. I mean, Bo, I could like, I could see. Okay. But Kelly? But Kelly, no fucking way. Absolutely not. Because not only is she a giant country star, she is the country star with the fucking probably six months of TMZ coverage for killing her child. How does she not have like a handler, like a big ass bodyguard? There you go. Oh, uh-uh. There you go. And then finally, something Thing that bothers me so badly it plays into the evil bow theory ebt ebt it pl- plays into the ebt food stamp theory uh <laughs> bow he's like i'm authentic country i fucking hate money i only want to play for five people you know i i'm a good old boy like i'm i'm just playing in dives i fucking hate this stuff he's stereotype he hates pop country music but then he fucking loves kelly and at kelly's concert he's woohooing on all kinds of shit why is he okay with her doing why isn't there a scene where bow's like Kelly, you got to stop playing that pop country shit and play some authentic Wait, country. Doesn't he fucking belittle Childs for doing the pop country yes. shit? But it's okay if Kelly does it. Yeah, he it. calls 
it like bubble gum something yeah, that's it. and he's like saying something about but then like again he's sucking up and pretending to like Kelly's music to get close to her so he can fucking benefit in I, no, that's the, why he's evil he's evil there's no benefit my EBT is correct I don't want the money I just want her to like delve into madness yes he's a piece of shit I want to burn everything to the ground hey and while you were at your lowest I solicited my music to you I think you now have the greatest thing ever okay let's go on EBT theory alright let's break down EBT alright so let's say he hates pop country music but he gets close to Kelly Canner let's say he didn't even work at that rehab facility let's say he got a job at the rehab facility because he knew Kelly was there that makes him even more devious he gets a job at the rehab facility finds his way into Kelly's room oh my god you know starts like putting the moves on her seduces her you know gets, this is the sequel to fear gets to the point where she's like come on tour with me okay so he gets his claws in there Kelly forever he tells James so there he's ruined Kelly yep. because he delves her in the madness. He's ruined James because he tells James, like, you know, I wasn't her sponsor. I was just sleeping with her or whatever. So he ruins James and then he convinces Childs to give up her very promising career, multi-million dollar career to move to him on a farm in California. He did it. Evil EBT bow, he wins. EBT, he wins. Yep. EBT wins. <laughs> Thank you. What's the legacy of this movie? Not much. I mean, uh, not a damn thing. Not much. I, as far as like most like country music movies, I feel like are made for CMT or something. Oh yeah. Or like straight to DVDs. So That's what this feels like. I can't even imagine who, which country stars would have been in this movie. You know uh, what I mean? Like even like third or fourth tier. No, I, can't. I think it was better being real actors and actresses rather than third or fourth. Cause like no major star was going to do it. I don't understand how you have Tim McGraw in this movie and he doesn't sing a song. I love it. I think it's hilarious. It's the weirdest thing. Him and his fucking toupee. So funny. Damn it. He could have had Nelly in this movie play Bo. <laughs> over and over again. All right, stick around for some plugs. Hey, I'm TJ. I'm one of your lifeguards, and this is the Pool Scene Podcast. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show, and don't forget, as always, like, comment, subscribe, rate and follow, Apple, Spotify, and Podbean. You leave us a five-star review and we read it on the air we'll send you out a bit of a prize also don't forget check us out on facebook instagram and twitch you guys are unsure how to get there we have a one-stop shop now and it's called linktree l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash pool scene podcast if you guys would like to contribute to the show in any way help for future content maybe even put it towards a cup of coffee for us there is a link at the top of the linktree that will send you to basically a tip jar we love you guys and thank you once again and now back to kevin hey evil final lap guy how many lives have you ruined yeah Man, Bo really went out there. He ruined three lives. Asshole. Um, so speaking of ruining lives, did Walmart today on my lunch break, ran to Walmart, had to get a couple things. I'm walking through the entertainment section and man, I must've been looking S-E-C-K-S-I sexy because a girl gave me her phone number. Oh! 
I look at you, Bo. Think it's hilarious because like I don't feel great about myself right now. I'm getting older. You see the effects of getting older every day. You don't feel good about yourself. But this girl like walks over and she's kind of just like, "What are you doing?" She took the flight. Damn. Oh like, yeah. Oh, I'm looking at its green protectors, and she's like, "Oh, cool." And just like I don't know if she could tell I'm disinterested or, or like what, and just trying to make like small talk. And I'm, I'm looking. She walks over to the counter or whatever where she grabs a pen out of Walmart's little like behind the register Ugh. and writes on like the back of a receipt or something her name and her phone number she says you should text me sometime whoa and hey I give her credit she went for it I, I don't know if maybe I was one of 19 people she did that to in Walmart and there's nothing because that's what my mind tells me I'm like she's after something she's trying to get something she didn't possibly single me out but a girl gave me her phone number I hope mentally as you were walking out of Walmart oh, yeah. it was the opening scene yes. of Saturday Night Fever yes, it, with staying alive. Yes. I was like, well, goddamn, I still got, I got it. it. Because I was like, man, that's awesome. I, even if she, like, I, I just will pretend I, like, all those things aside, like, in my mind, she's just approaching people left and right in Walmart. She's trying to rob me or something. But, yeah, so... I think I, I threw it away like as soon as I walked out, but, but just the, the, the it whole, makes you feel yeah, good. The whole idea of it that somebody was like, gave me their number. Kudos to her. Yeah. Kudos to whoever your name is. I'm not going to say her name because yeah. chances are somebody might know her. Yeah, exactly. But kudos to her for taking a flyer, taking a shot. Speaking of taking a shot in another, we got a momentous thing coming up here, Kevin, in 19 years, <laughs> in 19 years, oh. they are opening up the 1992 Nickelodeon time I capsule. Saw that. And, are you aware of what's in this no time idea. capsule? So I got the deets. What's in this time so capsule? So how funny is it? Okay, before you read this, how funny is it that when they put this in the ground, they thought that people in however many years It'll be twenty forty two in twenty forty two they thought people would be surprised what's in it. Yeah, but instead there's the internet, so there's yeah. like a, a full on log of Plus every single it's thing. Resurgent in nostalgia. Yeah, and now when they open it, it'll be in front of just probably nothing. It'll probably be grass at this rate. Nick, 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 Nick. First thing, movies, including Home Alone and Back to the Future on VHS. Oh, yeah. CDs, including Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. Great. And Michael Jackson's Dangerous. Awesome. A Game Boy, Rollerblades, Reebok Pump Sneakers, which if they were the Victory Pump 2 Changs, I'm ripping that time capsule open, putting them on myself. A jar of gack at the request of a remarkably subpar Dr. Emmett Brown impersonator who showed up in a real DeLorean in fake hair. <laughs> Weird. One of Joey Lawrence's whoa 92 hats there's a whoa oh. 92 hat whoa 92 which he stopped by to present so joey lawrence's walk up has the whoa 92 hat on gives it news reports including coverage of the aids crisis desert storm and oh, the yeah. end of the soviet union wow books including a world atlas history book people are not going to fucking even understand history at the rate we're going <laughs> no a comic book not saying what comic book it is because they didn't post oh, it i want to know i want to know is it fucking like spider-man or is it like web shitters <laughs> web shitters <laughs> i have no idea a phone book the orlando tv guide for the week of april 30th 1992 and a copy of the book of endangered species if i were in the phone book i'd sue him <laughs> 
Could you imagine you open it up? You're like, what the fuck? An issue of Nickelodeon magazine, a Nicktoons t-shirt featuring Ren and Stimpy, a piece of the Berlin Wall, which they bought at Ames nice. like I did as a kid. Because when you think of the Berlin Wall, you think of picking up a piece at Ames department sure. store, a Barbie doll, pencil, because why not? Yeah, they sk- think pencils are going to go away. Yeah, <laughs> what are we going to write with? I don't know. The blood in our finger, a skateboard, a baseball, Twinkies, because you know those things won't expire. Those things are good through the apocalypse. A stick of bubble gum is Kevin and I have eaten yep. on this show that is going to disintegrate once it hits somebody's mouth. It's probably ruined everything in the time it's capsule. Destroyed it, it probably disintegrated through the packaging and uh, it's all over everything. Photos of things too big or alive in parentheses to fit inside, including bike. Yeah, because you're going to shove a bike in there, a plane, a train, a car, politicians and celebrities. So there's a picture of Bill Clinton in there, apparently. A videotape, which was a recording of the live ceremony shot by a girl named Vicky who stood on stage to operate the kid cam okay the camera recording the tape this appears to have been unplanned Uh uh-oh mike o'malley and joey lawrence both look baffled mo about how to remove the tape from the camera so the whole setup was tossed in at the last minute so that's all the 21 things that were in the nickelodeon time capsule to be opened on april the 30th 2042 that's interesting there you go um so finally before we exit today i finished snowfall so the fx crime drama created by John Singletary before his death. So at times over the past six seasons of this show, I thought they like really got away from the plot. I'm like, this is insane. And for the first 75% of the finale, I was like, oh no, another botched finale. Another botched. And I started to get like Game of Thrones vibes. And I'm like, oh God, the last five minutes of the show, like fair, albeit devastatingly heartbreaking ending to the show. And I will say overall, very enjoyable. I wish John Singletary hadn't died, but I do wonder what he would have done with the show had he lived. A neat nod at the end of the show is they're walking the last five, 10 minutes of the show. They're walking and they're walking. They're filming a movie. It's Boys in the Hood. So they're filming Boys in the Hood and and Franklin, the main character, yells at me because you ain't going to win no no Oscar. But I liked that. So Snowfall was a good watch. It's on Hulu. You know what just dawned on me? Do you mean John Singleton? Am I saying you yes. said John Singletary? I'm sorry, John Singleton. I was like Mike Singletary had uh, a brother. You know what I think happened is my phone autocorrect. Autocorrect. It's all and, good. Yeah, John Singleton, not <laughs> Mike Singletary from the Bears. Very <laughs> now, confusing. How great would that have been if it was Mike Singletary? Mike Singletary who directed Boys in the Hood and the Super uh, Bowl Shuffle. All Ricky ever had to do was weave. weave. Ricky would have mm-hmm. fucking survived. John Singleton. So good show. I you know if anybody just is ever in a gap where they're like I need something to watch. I like crime stuff. Give it a watch. Pretty good. Off top of your head, what would you say is your favorite TV finale of all time? Leftovers. Yeah, Leftovers is fantastic. I always like Cheers. Yeah. Cheers was great. I don't know that it's possible to truly execute a finale. I always like the fourth wall, like where they would walk off set. Yeah, where they they zoom out from the crowd view and you see the set. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult because like almost no one's ever had. Like, remember the the backlash on Seinfeld? Oh, it was. But imagine the backlash if they would have ended it like did something uh, away from what they've done yeah Seinfeld just made another episode that's what that's they always they did. did if Seinfeld would have tried to make like some cinematic or weird it like, wouldn't have been Seinfeld it wouldn't have been Seinfeld so like that one was hard Game of Thrones was a disaster but only because they tried to put like a season's worth of material in the last two episodes I loved Lost Lost, Lost is finale. a great one but like Lost for me 
it's not the finale that failed. It's like through the writer's strike. It didn't help. Like, yeah. And then like you have the writers after the fact admitting, oh yeah, like we were just writing ourselves in, in bigger holes and with no intention of yeah. ever solving them. The end of Star Trek, the next generation where they're sitting at the poker table and then they just ended Picard with them all sitting at the poker table. Two great finales. You know, they, they botched a couple finales because like scrubs, you know, they switched networks. They brought it back after the finale. Uh, Stuff like that. Saying elsewhere. It was in a fucking snow globe. I actually like that. At least that's uh, like, I know that's maddening, but at least yeah. that's like, we're going to take a giant fucking polarizing swing. But looking at it now older, it was smart because it was in that mind of an autistic boy who yeah. created this world, yeah. which is amazing now. But when you're younger, you're like, what the it's, fuck? It's so, it's so difficult. And I'm approaching another one. I have five episodes of, of, um, of succession left. Well, I will say Angela and I have started watching murder. She wrote and we're at the end of the first season and there's 11 more. There you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. So succession uh, finale is approaching. I, there's no way that they're going to be able to make everyone happy. No, you there's just got to deal with it. There's too much open-endedness like, okay, this happens to end the show, but what happens to the next 25 to 30 years of their life? I really need to watch succession. You should. I'm going to give it a whirl. You'd like it. You like, it's definitely got like a, um, like a West wing or, uh, you know, those show like the, that's right up my alley. Show, yeah. Like a shows, Sorkin feel. Yeah, it's like a Sorkin feel. Definitely. I think you dig it. All right. Well, we're going to be back next week with something way darker than evil bow. Yeah. This is more than EBT and it's going to be uh, a departure for us. We'll see how it goes until next week. Keeping pace.